0: Today, my sermon is on mercy. Mercy. The definitions of mercy you will find in the dictionary are as follows. It describes the emotional response and resulting action after encountering the suffering or affliction of another. And compassion or forbearance shown to especially Offenders or one subject to one's power or to the unworthy. I want to make something very clear right at the beginning of this sermon. And that is I will be speaking not about the mercy shown to an offender or shown to one subject to one's power or to the one who is unworthy. The mercy I will be speaking about is that shown to our fellow human beings regardless of whether they are an offender or subject to one's power or deemed to be unworthy. Therefore, the better definitions of mercy are alleviation of another's stress or distress. In the Bible, God's mercy is used to show God's compassion and kindness towards all people. God's mercy should appear in the life of the followers of Jesus Christ in their treatment of all other human beings. Today's first scriptural passage from Matthew chapter 5, verse 1 through 12 that Melanie read for us includes the following at verse 7. You know this, you've heard this before. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. This is one of the Beatitudes taught by Jesus in the famous Sermon on the Mount. In order to understand the concept of mercy to which Jesus was referring, we should not separate the Beatitude of mercy from the story in which Matthew places all of the Beatitudes. There are eight or ten of them, depending on how you want to list them. They are a new set of ideals, but related to the Jewish law which had been in existence for centuries at the time of Jesus. They stress kindness. They stress forgiveness, love, and humility. They are a summary of the highest ideals of the teaching of Jesus Christ on spirituality and compassion. All of the Beatitudes, including that dealing with mercy, are our window into the love that lives within God and can live within us. Jesus healed multitudes without asking for their religious credentials. He was merciful without regard to people's moral status with the result that he showed others the true peace and true mercy that can come from God. What he passed on No one can earn. No one can purchase. But they can respond to it. You know, and I know, that the answer is, we should respond to it. Mercy to others. Just how does it work? I will take you through what some call the four steps of mercy to others. The first step, is to obtain mercy for ourselves. You know the old saying, you can't pass on something you don't have. What is involved sounds easy, but in practice can be very difficult. We first need to obtain the mercy from God for our actions or inactions that have violated his will for us. Those violations are called sins. The word sin means literally to miss the mark. All of us have repeatedly missed the mark or standard for our conduct set forth by, set forth for us by the life, teachings, and ministry of Jesus Christ. We are therefore all in need of God's forgiveness. How do we obtain it? We need to open ourselves up completely to God, and let our sins flow out in God's presence. If any of us thinks we have no sin, then first, you're wrong. And secondly, how you doing with loving others as you would love yourself? How you doing with turning the other cheek? How you doing with loving your enemies? We all have sinned, and we all need God's forgiveness. And if we, for, for, if we at request that forgiveness, that forgiveness will be given if we ask in a real fashion, a genuine fashion, and a sincere fashion. Then we are promised to receive God's mercy through God's forgiveness. As it is stated in Proverbs 28:13: whoever conceals their sins does not prosper but the one who confesses and renounces them finds mercy, God's mercy. The last part of the first step for the ability to show others mercy is that if if through our sin we have intentionally or unintentionally harmed anyone, then we are to go to them and ask for their forgiveness. If we get it, Great. If we don't get it, that's okay. We have asked for their forgiveness. That's the hard part of receiving God's mercy. But once we have done that, we are now prepared to share God's mercy with others. As it was said by the apostle Paul in his letter to the Ephesians at chapter four, verse 32, and be kind to one another, tender hearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ has forgiven you. The second step to giving mercy to others is observation which notices. Observation. We must become aware of the world we live in. We must observe that world through a lens that does not discriminate on the basis of wealth or lack thereof, social standing, or lack thereof, similar appearance to ourselves, or lack thereof, similar backgrounds to ourselves, or lack thereof. Once we have actually noticed and seen the world as it exists, then the third step of mercy is to have compassion. The drawing or compelling power of compassion that we can all feel is itself an effect of God's mercy and the gift of that mercy. We all know that our world, our nation, and our communities have much within them that we may choose not to see. People that are not treated equally, people that are suffering due to poor living conditions, poor health care, or abuse at the hands of others, people unable to glean employment due to a lack of opportunity, You all know I could go on and on, but once we truly identify issues like these, the God-given spirit of compassion will rise up within us. Compassion is defined as to suffer together, or the feeling that arises when you are confronted with another's suffering and feel motivated to relieve that suffering. We see another human being suffering and the God-given gift of compassion calls us. No, it actually tells us we must do something about it. Then, the fourth and final step to mercy shown to others is to say yes. Yes, I can and yes, I will do my best to answer that call. When we do that, the real possibility of mercy will come. And the marvelous thing is, once mercy is shown, love increases and observation sharpens. Now we can take our God-given compassion and turn it into action. Our heart joined to our hands and feet to help. It is to see others as not so different from ourselves and to extend to them what we have received from God, God's mercy. Now, please remember, mercy is not giving people what they deserve. A lawyer would tell you that in many cases, that's a subject for the law courts. But mercy goes beyond justice. It looks beyond the fault to the need. Mercy does not wait for the other to come groveling to us. But reaches out, making it easy for the other to receive the gift. Mercy is a spiritual victory. As John Chrysoton preached, mercy is a breath of heaven's air. If we are honest, we all want to receive mercy. We should recognize that others want the same thing. But through belief in God, through Jesus Christ, We have the ability to give away what we most want. And when we stand on self-centered purported moral principles or we are tempted to put down someone because of the circumstances they may or may not have created, the question arises from the depths. What would happen? What would it mean to show mercy here? What would it mean to open a door for God's love to shine through. That is precisely what Jesus meant when he told the Pharisees in our second scriptural passage, Go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. Mercy is God's surprise, and we all need it. The first evidence of God's mercy within us is the ability To reflect God's light to others through acts of mercy. In this way, mercy changes us all forever. Here's how to spot the real thing. Mercy to others. Mercy is not strained. It is not forced. It is not given with a grudge or an IOU. It is not delivered with an air of superiority because if it is, then it's not mercy at all, but a form of self promotion. I am showing mercy because it makes me feel better and I can brag about it. As Methodist minister and author Philip Frakiel wrote, true mercy creates a rich memory, but no unpleasant aftertaste. It is sweet through and through mercy can be the first sign of the love of God. And if properly received, it becomes the virtue of gratitude. I'd like to end with a story that has been around for quite a while. Some of you probably heard it that illustrates the application of mercy. A young employee once stole several hundred dollars from his employer's company. When the breach of trust was discovered, he was ordered to report to his employer. He knew he would lose his job. He feared legal action. His world was completely in collapse. Upon his arrival, the young man was questioned. When asked if the charges were true, he answered, yes, they are. When he was asked why he did it, he answered that his wife was intended to start cancer treatment but they could not pay for the deductible. Then came an unexpected question from the employer. If I keep you in your present capacity, can I trust you in the future? Startled, the employee responded, Thank you very much, but I don't deserve to keep the job. I violated your trust in me, and I feel so terrible about it, I cannot continue to work here. The employer responded, I'm not going to press charges, and I want you to continue in your present responsibility. The employee shook his head in the negative, and the employer said, I think you ought to know you are the second person in this firm who succumbed to temptation. I was the first. The mercy you are receiving, I receive. And it is only through the mercy of God that can keep us both. Out of the mercy shown to him, the employee stayed with the company and eventually became an officer of that company. We all have succumbed to temptation. Therefore, we all are in need of God's mercy. And we all have the ability, through Jesus Christ, to give God's mercy to others. Let us see the need, have the compassion to address the need, and let us do so with God's mercy. Amen.